Our Old Testament reading comes from the book of Genesis. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And so it was. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Our gospel reading is from the book of Matthew. Come to me all that you are weary and you are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. We have been talking for the last few weeks about this greatest commandment and what it means to live our lives intentionally in light of the great commandment. The great commandment, of course, is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so we started out a couple of weeks ago talking about what does it mean for us to love God What does it mean to live our lives with a a sense of devotion and reverence? What does it mean to love our neighbors, to seek the good and uh, the well-being of all of our neighbors, to live lives of mercy and justice and compassion? And today we're talking about this phrase, as ourselves, to love our neighbors as ourselves. This is not simply to love God, love our neighbors, love ourself, but it is to love as ourselves. I saw a cartoon this week with a, um, you know, a homeless person that was, you know, panhandling or something and, and had a little, you know, something to put money in, and, and, but the person was holding up a mirror over their head. 
so that when the person looked down at them, they had to see themselves, to see themselves in their neighbor on the street, to see that we're all related and connected to one another. This whole idea within the Judeo-Christian tradition of loving God, loving neighbor, and loving self, I think of it as like this, this interwoven trinity, that it's nearly impossible to love other people if you yourself are not well-loved. I hope that when you were a baby, your mama and daddy looked at you with great love and joy and infused your little baby spirit with a sense of such joy that you were a blessing and a gift from God in their lives. And if you grew up in that spirit, you perhaps grew up with an abundance of love to offer to other people. However, perhaps if your parents were critical and demanding and harsh, you grew up with a sense of maybe not being good enough or that you you didn't earn the love and perhaps shared that criticalness and that harshness with other people, visiting that sin upon the next generation, either your children or other people in your life. That sense of how we are loved is what nurtures our ability to love other people. And so loving God, one, we have to believe that God loves us not in spite of who we are, but because of who we are. Mark read the scripture this morning from the book of Genesis, which might be our most foundational passage of our worth, the idea that you are created in the image of God I have to take time frequently to let that sink in, that God created us not as some being out here, but that God created us in God's own image. That's a profound, profound sense of worth, but it's not just that God created you, but God created every other single human being in God's own image. And when we can let that sink in, we can let that sense of worth and value and honor and dignity that we are children of God, that we reflect God, then that infuses our spirit and bubbles over into the rest of our lives. And so I see this loving God and loving neighbor and loving ourselves as this little interwoven trinity. They kind of go together, that you can't do one well without the other. In a Christian uh, wedding ceremony, the, the prayer that is prayed, that I pray over every couple because it is part of our liturgy. When we pray at the end of the service, we pray that this joint union of, of love for one another becomes the foundation for service to the world that a marriage is not simply about a romantic notion between two people and their love for one another, but it's so that, so that they can love other people better, so that, that they can be a, a, a joint force for love in the world. Our Christian faith always points us outward. I say this so frequently because when I am, am speaking with you from this pulpit or down here, I look out into the world And I I get to see all the people walking by with their dogs and driving by with their cars. And I think that's the focus of the church. It's out there to who else needs the love? 
Who else in this community of Redondo Beach or beyond needs to know of God's love for them today? That's our job. One of my... uh, One of our early Christian teachers in about the fourth century was a man named Dorotheos, Dorotheos of Gaza. And I have spoken of Dorotheos before because he's one of my favorite teachers from the early church. And Dorotheos drew a circle. Think of it like a wheel with spokes in it. And at the center of this wheel is God. And he said that we are all, in our quest to love God, growing closer to one another. That if we want to seek God, we have to seek our neighbor. And in fact, we cannot simultaneously grow closer to God and further apart from our neighbor. It doesn't work that way. You have to to love God. You have to love your neighbor. And to love your neighbor is to love God. That is what Dorotheos taught. And so we have been talking about how do we love God better. We talked about this idea of living intentionally and creating a rule for life. What are the rules that guide us in our faith? We all have rules at home or things that we think about, about how we're going to practice, you know, how we're going to discipline ourselves financially, how we're going to discipline ourselves at work or other places. But how are we going to discipline ourselves in our, in our faith formation so that we are people who are growing in our faith, not stagnant, but people who are earnestly seeking to grow in our faith. And so we talked about some of the ways that we would love God and we perhaps jotted down some ways that we might incorporate, say, a practice of daily prayer or meditation perhaps even a 10 minute of just sitting silently each day, some way that we might practice loving God in our daily lives, certainly coming to worship each week as a way of expressing our love and intention to live out our faith, going to a Bible study or a class as a way of showing our intention to live out our faith, to to be people of study and people of thoughtfulness that, that use their faith as a way of reflecting on the rest of their life. So we talked about loving God, and I hope that you have, you did your homework because I gave you homework, to take it home and to be thinking about what, what, what even small step might I incorporate into my practice of loving God that would help me to grow in my faith. Last week, we talked about our love of neighbor. We talked about how do, we, how do we care for those in our community. Our community could be just our immediate neighborhood, but when Jesus talked about neighbors, he talked about Samaritans, he talked about people far and wide, of that our, our love for our neighbor is not just for those that we know and like and love, but rather those who get on our last nerves, those that we think violate our norms, those that we think are are beyond the love of God. Those are the ones that Jesus calls us to love maybe the most because it challenges us. This next week when the United Methodist women do their study on uh, sex trafficking, and by the way, that's not just open to women. That's open to men in the church as well. We are an equal opportunity church. Um, You know, that's another way of thinking about how do we love our neighbor, that there are people who are in trouble on our streets, and how might we... 
help as a church. We think as Christians always about how do we love our neighbor, who, whoever that might be. And so today we're talking about a rule of life around loving ourselves. Again, this passage from Genesis reminds us both of that sense of being created in the image of God, Imago Dei, the theologians would say, create in the image of God this implicit value and sacred worth of the self, of the human body, of the human spirit, that that is sacred and holy. And we, as individuals, are called to a stewardship of both our bodies and all of creation, that we are called to love the persons that we are. Now, I think in our uh, country in the last 20 years, self-love has been confused with self-care, and so we, you know, I need a little pick-me-up. I'll go get a mani-pedi, or I'll go get a facial or a massage or something like that, and that's all well and good. I'm, I'm low, woe be unto me. I, I would not tell you to not go get a massage if that's what you need, but in our Christian tradition, when I start thinking about what does it mean to love ourselves, love our neighbor as ourselves, I think it has to do, and and we see it in Jesus' life, that he's always sort of creating this balance in life. We see him do times of intense ministry and care and compassion, and then he finds a way to balance and, and get away and spend time in prayer with God or to go up into the wilderness or go to the mountains. He finds some ways to restore himself, to create some balance in his life. The... uh, Many of you know that I uh, have been really deeply formed in the Benedictine tradition in Christianity. And the Benedictines talk about balance in this way. They suggest that you need to have a balance of four things in your life. First, with work, that we are all called to be stewards of creation and giving the task of caring for the world around us. And so work is very important. But so is leisure or play or recreation, times where we restore our soul with a sense of fun and joy. They talk about the importance of community, of spending time in our communities with our families, with our neighbors, with those who replenish our own ability to love. And then, of course, time of prayer, time of worship, time of uh, devotion. The Benedictines would say, with, if any one of those is out of balance, our lives become like a, you know, two-legged stool, a little wobbly. They suggest that what we need to do is uh, create a balance there. If your life is all about work, to the extent that you ignore your family or that your family gets kind of the crumbs that are left at the end of the day, then that's not a life in balance. If your life is all about your family and there is no time to uh, offer any devotion to God or to, you know, spend time at at rest, uh, then your life is out of balance. If your life is all play, if it's all about... uh, you know, going to the golf course every weekend and not spending any time with your family or your community, your life is out of balance. 
So as you think about your day and maybe more your week, because most of us work more between Monday and Friday, but then we've got to balance it out of how do we balance time with our family and our friends and time and devotion and prayer. And I want you to uh, take out your homework. It's in the back of the bulletin, friends. Our homework is all about thinking, how do we nurture this relationship with ourselves? And I want to say that our relationship with ourselves sometimes has become damaged over the years. Sometimes our relationship with ourselves needs to be nurtured through therapy, through seeking help from family and friends and professionals. Sometimes our relationship with self needs that balancing of work and play and rest and prayer. Um, Where in my relationship with myself do I recognize the need for change or for balance? You might write down those four things that I just talked about, work, leisure, uh, prayer, and community, family, and see how those things are balancing out in your life. How will I care for myself? What things do you do on a regular basis to care for yourself? Hopefully you take a shower on a regular basis and brush your teeth, but hopefully you are also thinking about caring for your physical body, perhaps exercise, diet, how much you drink or sleep. How will I preserve, or might I say establish, (laughs) a balance in my life so that no one area of my life um, dominates the other areas. How will I express my creativity and develop my mind? Creativity, again, if we are created in the image of God, the ultimate creator, we are all imbued with a sense of creativity and that uh, how, how do we nurture that so that we can become more vibrant and alive in our lives our artists that will be here in a few we- weeks help us to sort of see life through a creative lens and how can I incorporate times for rest and recreation you could put a hyphen in there recreation into my day my week my year I want to encourage us as we're thinking about this whole concept of developing a rule for life, a rule for life that is geared around our love of God, our love of neighbor, and our love of self. How do we develop uh, some practices in each of these areas that help us to grow, that don't leave us stagnant, but help us to grow in our faith and in our life? So we have some homework to do, friends, but let us pray. Loving God, you have created us in your beautiful image. In each one of us is stamped the grace and glory and goodness of you as our creator. In each and every person, you have sealed your image.
God, as we consider ways to love you more fully, to love our neighbors, and indeed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, help us, God, to see ways that we might incorporate new rituals, new practices, new ways of growing in this ability to love. Create in us a desire to serve you, to live at peace with one another, and to live at peace within our hearts. For we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen.